0: Everybody and welcome back to Burning Locks. Today is Sunday, March 10th, 2013. This is episode six. I, of course, am your host, JC, here with my buddy Rick. Hello. And we are here to give you a weekly dose of Guild Wars 2 talk and tomfoolery and general BS, as we like to say. <laughs> <laughs> So, we'll kick off the show in the traditional way with what you've been doing. So, what you've been doing?
1: Uh, let's see, this week, I kind of copped out on my normal world v. world that I do on the weekends, and instead I've been running more dungeons. Uh, I've taken that slow walk towards my uh, legendary up to a what I'm calling a slow jog. <laughs> <laughs> I dumped all my uh, crafting materials out of my vault that don't... Re- aren't required for the legendary so i made some money on that i took all my laurels that i was saving for an ascended piece and i had enough I actually i had 30 so i could have got an ascended piece instead I'd spent it all on tier 6 crafting materials which i needed for my legendary Ooh, wow
0: that's a big step
1: yeah <laughs> it helps yeah, yeah it's <laughs> not both. very good at farming so it, it was one way of getting some of those tier 6 pieces that i need i don't uh, think anyone's really good at farming it's just well the, games, are better the game better at it tolerating it <laughs> doesn't reward you well and then when you hit diminishing returns when you're farming and you just stop getting any kind of loot whatsoever Um, so yeah i I took my resources except for my gold this week and i spent it on getting closer to my legendary i'm still far ways off but i'm getting closer um spent some yeah spent some time farming lodestones with just just killing earth elementals over and over and over again. And I got a couple, but still I have five. I need a hundred. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not anywhere close. But I'm making progress and that's kind of what I'm working on now. You did craft your gift of mastery this week, didn't you? Uh, after World V Wrong last weekend, yes. So yes. I have I have my one gift of mastery. And I could buy most of the metal right now if I needed to make some of the metal gifts. The hardest things to get right now are basically the the globs of Ecto, which I've picked up. Now, with the, the way that everything's working, with the guaranteed uh, rare drops of the chest, so I'm I'm up to about eighty or ninety of those now, um, and the lodestones are, are the Lord tough stones. ones to get. So I'm going to be spending most of my time now on weekends running TA and farming Earth yeah. Elementals. We'll just
0: wait until you start dumping those ectos into the into the <laughs> Mystic Toilet to try and get your clovers.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I, I need a lot of them. So. That's something I really don't want to do. Yeah. Well count wide uh, across all my characters, I'm up to about eighty, eighty five gold right now. So once I hit a hundred gold, then I have what I need for those icy lodestones. Yeah. I think they're called. <clears throat> um then anything I make above a hundred, I'll keep that hundred and I won't spend that until I'm ready to actually craft the legendary. But um anything I make above a hundred, then I can start investing in things like Ectos and yeah. Lodestones. But I want to get that base hundred First, and have that in the bank and set, and then I'll start spending money on other crafting pieces of the legendary, which should help pick up my progress a little more. Yeah, at least cool. that's kind of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> the rough plan. I the rough plan, thought. right now. Plan tends to change when cool things come out, like you know, neat ascended stuff, and yeah. I saw. Oh, I saw a character day. I was waiting to kill Tech and Takkal. For those yep. of you who don't play as much, um, and. There was this Norn female guardian, and she had on the back piece from the fractals, and she wow. had the infused one. And it glowed on the back of her like this shining light light bulb. I mean, it was just a huge glow on her back piece. It was <laughs> really cool looking. I'm like, I, I saw that, I'm like, man, do I really want that? And I went online and saw what it took to get it. And I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of work. <laughs> After my legendary, maybe <laughs> I would have to run fractals from here to eternity to yeah. get everything you need to get to make that infused back piece. But boy, did it look really sharp! And seen she, a she of those. Was, oh, she was the oddest looking. I I had to take a step back because she she uh, had pink hair, had that glowing back piece, was wearing kind of. Her armor wasn't didn't look like guardian armor. It almost looked cloth like because she had like a skirt. Mm. And then she had the Fractal of the Mist sword also, which is a big oh. pink kind of misty looking sword. Yeah. And she was doing a dance, and she and she had that sword out. And it, for for some reason, while she danced, the sword didn't get sheathed. Like most time when I dance, my sword goes away. Uh. She danced, her sword stayed out. And she typed actually in chat while she was doing it. She's like she typed great sword or neon glow, neon um, glow stick. <laughs> she didn't say glow stick. She said um, rave rave stick, neon rave uh, stick. And she nice. said dancing with this big pink greatsword waving around. <laughs> I, mean, it was, she, I definitely took note of it. I thought it was cool, this pink-haired large Norn dancing around with this big glowy back piece and this pink glow stick. It, it was cool.
0: Oh, it's like that one Norn that's always in Lion's Arch dancing on the stairs with the boxing gloves on and the bunny
1: rabbit ears and yeah. boots, and that's it. And he's dancing there on the steps outside this, the bank. This was slightly less annoying, though, than that. I mean, that that's kind of like gimmicky. <laughs> this this was like somebody really thought about making a character with an attitude, and it re- it came across very well in how they were playing it. I was cool. impressed by it. So if that person, and the odd chance that they actually listened to our show, I was very impressed with that character design. And the way they were playing it was just hilarious. It was great. Nice.
0: Oh, so me?
1: Mm-hmm. What have I been doing this week?
0: What have I been doing this week? I've been playing my ranger more, which is really weird because I say my mesmer is my main, and I haven't mm. touched my I've hardly touched my mesmer or my thief. The only time I logged on to my thief this week was last night when I got to do the the
1: guild mission, the bounty uh, mission that we did. Yep, which that was only my on your thief. Yep, yeah. same yeah. <laughs> Only time I play my elements list is when we do the guild missions. Is yeah, because she has the world completion, and I know I can get to any part that I need to get to.
0: I really start needing to work on that a bit with my uh, ranger. And
1: that's yeah. yeah. I've taken my I've <laughs> taken my guardian, made sure I had all the locations of all the dragons and stuff. Yep. So yeah, I've get, done you know, that
0: first first priority right away. Get to all the dragons. Get to all the dragons. dungeon entrances. And,
1: yeah. But yeah, as far as world completion, I think my guardians at like sixty percent or something like that, Ooh, and I play. Play her more than anything.
0: I'm, I'm I think I'm just about forty percent with my ranger. Not uh, bad. But I've been playing, I played my ranger more. Uh, been playing some structured PvP some more. That I did with my Mesmer though. So I've uh, kind of been off and on with World v World. Um, it's it's that burnout syndrome that I, I think a lot of us in our guild are going through right now. Just we all need to take a step back and breathe with it. yeah, so we, We've been focusing on it so much and working so hard to try and get things right. Mm-hmm.
1: And we wanted to get promoted and we finally did get promoted and then we we didn't get our butts handed to us last week by any stretch mm-hmm. of imagination. We hung in there very well with the other two. But we came in third and yep. I think everybody's just kind of yeah burnt out on it right now and saying, yeah, I'll do it when I have time, but we're not putting forth the concerted effort we did when we were trying to get promoted.
0: Yeah, definitely. I know there was one night this week where I ran and we must have done well, we probably did six or seven jumping puzzles, <laughs> a group of us, like four of us, five of us. It was, it was fun. I mean, they were, there was only one that I hadn't done before, but all the other ones were, were fun. It was taking people around to newer ones and stuff. But.
1: Yeah. And as me, you know, I like, like you said, I was able to make my gift last week, so I didn't need to do world v. World anymore. And so I didn't. Yeah. And, uh. <laughs> But I, I wound up getting in a group with one of our guildmates, Rose, and we ran in Fractals of the Mist 10, and I, the highest I had ever done was 2, so it was a real adventure for me to get through that. Yeah. And uh, fun, hard. It, it, I mean, it wasn't significantly, it, in terms of defeating the enemies themselves, they didn't seem that much diff- harder, like the bosses didn't seem harder. Yeah. But, like, for example, the the one that you... The, I think it's called the Unnamed Fractal, where you have to jump up the side of the building. Um. You, you start on the platform right away. It's a jumping puzzle from the start. There's these birds that fly on the platforms. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I think so. They, okay. Yeah. Well, when you run that one on the low levels, the birds just, they kind of attack you. Mm-hmm. On, on the higher, when we got to 10, they occasionally would throw like a lightning ball at you that would knock you off the platform. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to watch for that red circle to appear. And because those platforms are kind of small, sometimes you only see a sliver of the red circle because it's not all on the platform. <laughs> oh, that's that's a cruel joke it is they don't do it the good thing is they don't do it often they don't like spam it at you but they seem to have a pretty good distance of aoe i mean they they notice you quicker i want to say that their range of vision is because there are times when three of them could would start attacking us um even though a couple of them would be quite farther up in the jumping puzzle yeah but oh uh, man that just sounds annoying (laughs) <laughs> it was. It really wasn't that bad. One or one or two times. I think I only got knocked off once, and then another guy got knocked off a couple times. It wasn't bad though. Oh, okay. We got through it. It was. It was fun. It was a good time. They didn't make it annoyingly hard, but it was. You know, little things like that, little changes that made it harder yeah. than it was on levels one and two. Well, I imagine when you, by the time you get to like fractal
0: twenty and thirty, that that starts getting real annoying. Yeah,
1: I. I think uh, uh, Octavius. Uh, he runs a lot of fractals in our guild, and he, he had said, yeah, if once you get to 20, uh, you make one screw-up and you're dead. <laughs> yeah, shout-out to Octavius. <laughs> so I see him all the time. i got to run more with him. He, he's running dungeons and uh, fractals and stuff all the time. And I, If I didn't have to work during the day, I would be running stuff with him because he's always <laughs> to make dungeons. Uh, makes you want to take a day off and play Guild Wars all day, huh? And just run dungeons. So I, I yep. need to do that. I was going to try today, uh, go to that Guild Wars looking for group Page. I actually went to it, but I didn't. I didn't have time to get on and actually try it out and see if I could get a group together. Yeah. Uh, people have said it works really well, though, so I, I do want to try it, and then maybe next week I'll I'll see how it went. Yeah. See maybe how hugging works. Yeah, maybe we can try that on uh, Wednesday night if we don't have enough people show up for Wednesday night dungeon runs. Maybe this time, Obi will actually show up. <laughs> <Give me grief. laughs> I know you're listening, giving you grief. Yeah. Know. Real life comes first
0: all right well we'll get it we'll get into our news here now uh and the first big thing we got for the news actually the only like really big thing for the news uh is an interview with dungeon designer robert hurda Her- 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 hurda <laughs> i'm gonna guess as any <laughs> yeah ruda the h is silent robert ruda sure um that was on Guild Wars Insider, and I just grabbed a couple of highlights from this interview. Uh, If you want to read the entire interview, you can read it at guildwarsinsider.com. So uh, check it out if you like what you hear and you want to know a little bit more. Uh, The whole premise of the interview was about dungeon design and where they're looking to go with dungeons from here on out. Um, The first thing that really jumped out at me was... uh, they asked, what are your thoughts on the current dungeon token system? And he said it's actually something they're looking into. It serves its purpose, but they're, they feel they can do more with it, that there sh- should be more that you can do with those tokens or some change to it. Um, so they're still trying to find that sweet spot. They admit that maybe the... Tokens for each individual dungeon is not necessarily the way to go. Or actually, that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see them kind of unify the tokens. <laughs>
1: but, so any dungeon gets you any token, or just a generic token that you yeah, can use you to buy, to buy anything. anything.
0: Yeah. And that may, I, I don't know, that's the way they did it in WoW, and I, I think it was
1: kind of hit a sweet spot there, yeah. letting that go across all. But the only thing I could see if they, if they did that is everybody would run the dungeons once to yeah. get the experience of running them and then it would be okay cof path one all the time yeah because it's yeah. the easiest and quickest to get through yeah, i suppose you'd have a hard time finding people who want to do things like you know ta explorable and do a explorable unless they were going for you know loot drops or something like that yeah or maybe maybe they just put a cap then
0: like if they go to that system where they unify all the tokens then you can only run each dungeon once in a day for any t- any type of token reward. Where, like, after your first run of that dungeon per day, you won't get any more token rewards from that dungeon. So, like, I'm you can, can do COF that. one once a day. For it's kind of what
1: they did with the dragons.
0: Yeah, exactly. Something similar to that. So, uh, the next thing that really kind of struck a chord with me and I haven't seen a lot of problems with this and granted this is something that I run a lot of times with a guild group so we don't run into these problems. Um, at the moment when a person enters a group into a dungeon the person that enters the dungeon is in complete control of the entire party. They are the leader. They can kick anyone they want without recourse because if you kick them it dissolves the group and kicks everyone out of the dungeon. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said we're looking into an instance owner problem and developing solutions. It'll take some time to get it right and he can't answer anything about dates or tech for that because all that stuff apparently goes over his head. It's people above him. (laughs) So uh, they're looking into it. They're going to fix that and until then I would say run with guildies and cross your fingers.
1: (laughs) Well, like I said, I'm going to try the LFG uh, this week sometime. I will try it and report back next. We can see how it goes. Uh, Generally, I think you're going to get... You're, I mean, if you're pugging people, you're going to get some bad eggs every now and then. Mm. Um, I do think, though, that because the LFG is on a separate website, it's not run by ANET, and it's not in-game, that yeah. the quality of players you find on it are probably going to be a little higher than that of players if it was just in-game and they could just queue it up on their own. Yeah, Uh, the fact that you have to go out look for it, be a little more knowledgeable about it, uh, about the game to use it, I think lends itself to a higher quality player using it. So, I'll see how it goes. I'll be interested because, yeah, and I'm thinking back to our WoW days. Um, Pugs were like the bane of existence. You didn't you didn't want to pug unless you absolutely had to. (laughs) And everyone screams that they want a dungeon finder, and all I think
0: about is those damn dungeon finding runs that you get some jackhole of a tank that doesn't know what he's doing or a healer that's undergeared and it just becomes incredibly yeah. difficult to do stuff or the tank and the healer are fantastic and the DPS just isn't there because people think it's easy mode and they just don't want to work for it and it's...
1: Uh, yeah, I I, under, I understand that, the, you know, Guild Wars 2 because of the design of the game and not having... To have to have a tank and a healer it lends itself to probably... You don't have to have such specific roles. I mean, in, in, Guild, yeah. War, in Guild Wars... Or not Guild Wars. and WoW, if you didn't have a decent tank in some dungeons, you were just... You were, you were toast. Trouble, I mean, yeah. You just weren't you weren't going to get through it. You knew it. Uh, Guild Wars, four decent players could make up if you have one. That's yeah. kind of below par. So it, I think it'll work out better with Guild Wars. I, I'm glad it's out of game, though. I think having an in-game dungeon tool might make it a little uh too easy for people to just oh i'm gonna run a dungeon i'll throw myself in the queue and then they get in there halfway through man i don't have time i'm gonna drop out and yeah
0: i, I if- really kind of want something similar to the website or similar to what they had in guild wars one where you actually put in a post on like a thread just say i'm looking for people for this dungeon and you actually talk to people before you go into the dungeon Mm-hmm. and set your group up because having that personal relationship with someone prior to going in and going through that effort of setting it up tends to make people be
1: kinder to each other yeah it makes you feel uh, you know makes you feel a little more committed to, you know these people are relying on me to get through this yeah <laughs> i yeah, can't just exactly. leave them hanging yeah. so yeah the pugging dungeons is always dangerous but i'm going to try to give it a go this week and see what i get yep we'll talk about it next week
0: Uh, The next item in the interview, uh, they asked him if he had reviewed or considered any of the suggestions from the community's voice dungeons thread a few few months ago. Spit it out there, John. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, His response was that he said, we read the thread. I won't point out the suggestions we took, but we did take some from it. One of my jobs is to look at that feedback and figure out the actual desire of the player is. Reducing mob hit points, for instance, isn't just a call for lower HP. It's for a quicker, less grindy mob experience. And it's my duty to take that feedback and do something with it. So, it's really, again, this is this is one of those things. If you're posting stuff out there constructively on websites and forums, they're seeing it. They're taking it to heart. Um, here, uh the second part of this answer is you also have to realize the forums can't dictate what we do. The people who go to forums are a very small percentage and usually they go there to discuss a problem. Otherwise, otherwise the 50 people who post in a popular thread would dictate the direction of the game and we can't have that. And that is very true. Um, I, I believe, and, and it may be just because I got a little inside baseball look at some of the stuff and a, um, Oh, game developers conference presentation where they actually showed some of their metrics measuring systems and graphs and stuff. I believe they have a greater finger on the pulse of their game than any other MMO that has come before it. The stuff I saw them able to look up is just simply amazing. And right now, from what I've seen from them and what they've taken from community suggestions... I really believe we're in good hands with the internet here. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's no doubt that, that they look at the metrics of the game. I'm sure it wasn't an accident that AC paths were the first ones to be redesigned. I mean, they must, they, they can look and see how many people are running, which dungeons and how often they're being run, how often they're being completed. They can probably tell how many times they've been started versus how many times they've been completed and see how many times they break up during the dungeon. If it gets frustrating at a certain point in time, that groups are only making it so far and then breaking up. I'm, I'm they sure have, they have that. <laughs> they have a lot of tools, a lot of data mining that they can do uh, to balance the game. So I'm sure they can tell where the problem points are in dungeons and events, in you know, anything. They, they can mine the data, see where the problem is, and they know where to focus their efforts to try to fix those things that aren't fun for the players. Because if it's not fun for the players, they're either going to quit midway through or mm-hmm. they're just not going to do that particular type of activity. And yeah. if Arianet has something that is not generating the activity that they think it should be, they're gonna replace it or tweak it so that it does. Like these world bosses
0: beyond the dragons. I've done more world bosses that weren't the dragons in the last two weeks since that chest patch went down than I did prior to that up until that point of the game. So it's it's mm-hmm. actually
1: really, really if, uh, it you know, effective. It forced you, yeah. It forced you to, if you wanted, if you wanted to get the chest, yep. the rewards, you had to go, go do more than just the three dragons. Yeah, exactly. And I did too. I did the, I did the shadow behemoth today.
0: Nice. I, I haven't had, done. Behemoth I haven't
1: seen time. him in quite a while. Yeah. Since we originally started the game, I think. <laughs> seen him I a Did, while in.
0: did the, uh, the 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 maw and the fire yeah. elemental recently? And yeah, that was, fire on the elemental it was one I had never seen.
1: I had I had done him once, and then actually we had killed after we had killed Tech this morning. Um, he was the next one up, so I went in there and it a already ten minutes into his timer, Ooh. His half hour spawn point. And there was one person standing there, and more people were showing up, more people showing up, and nobody said anything. And the timer ran out, and he never showed. Um, and then Jormag came up, so we all ran to Jormag, but <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't I didn't get him in today like i like i wanted to but i i definitely um this morning when i was running around i was doing the dragons and then i started looking for other things to do because i want to keep getting more chess yeah get rares get ecto get, get legendaries just like
0: <laughs> rare ecto legendary
1: that's kind of how it goes yeah
0: <laughs> hopefully and a whole somebody. bunch of other stuff that we haven't talked about some some show we should actually go through the process of what it takes to
1: get a Legendary. That might actually be fun. Maybe yeah. we you finally yeah. get yours. <laughs> okay, around uh, maybe Christmas time this year, guys, we'll do a show on the <laughs> on how you get a Legendary. Yeah. All right. The next question that I thought was interesting was,
0: have you guys thought about maybe adding some kind of side bonuses to dungeons before? And his response was he would love to add more content to the dungeons, random events, bonus events, puzzles, you name it. He wants to put more in there. But there's only so many hours in a day that two people can devote, though. So apparently this dungeon team is two people, <laughs> What I'm gathering. Yeah, it's, he said, right now we're doing some pretty substantial work that our next content patch will have. When we get time, though, you bet I want to add more. Um, this really kind of reminds me of in Guild Wars One on the missions you would have a secondary objective a lot of times. Um, okay, yeah. Actually, every mission had a secondary objective I should say, and it was something else to do in amongst the mission.
1: There was um, an AC. The first time, the first time we ran AC Explorable, that troll came out of the wall. Remember that? hmm And we had the troll actually fight the other boss. Yes. It was kind of it was like almost a cheat to, get, to to get one of the bosses down, and then you had to kill the troll. But that I think that's kind of what players are talking about. That troll doesn't show up every time you're in AC. He's kind of a rare spawn that yeah. only shows up, and it's random. You can run the same path, and he's not going to show up every time. So. Um, actually every path of AC runs past that same point where that troll comes through. And sometimes he comes and sometimes he doesn't. And I think that's what players are looking for. Something a little more random in the dungeons to mix it up from being just, okay, I'm going to run AC 1 and, da, 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 and you know mm-hmm. what's going to happen.
0: Well, and there's there
1: was like, um,
0: i trying to think of some examples of Guild Wars 1, what the alternative missions were, like the alternative objective. It's like you had the primary objective. You go through the mission and play through the story like it was. But there there would be like go and find all the armor for this dude in the process. And you actually go find these three different armor pieces and bring them to this ghost. And that was the secondary objective. And then you go on and complete the story. And it was just – it ended up being more experience and more rewards for doing it. So people did cool. it. And, and they were fun. And it was um, neat little like you could go through and do the story and it'd be great and then go through it again and actually do the secondary mission in addition to the story and have the little added bonus at the end of it
1: yeah the icon on your map I remember and I didn't play much of Guild Wars 1 but I remember it showed two swords crossed if you did this bonus objective and just one sword if you didn't and it was kind of a pride thing of finishing the, you know finishing your map that you wanted to have two swords showing that you did it all so yeah stuff like that stuff like that would be fun gives you a little bonus reward maybe an extra rare for running the dungeon um anything you can do to to build in a little more loot for the players get help generate because some some of these loot things are just ungodly hard (laughs) (laughs) i'm speaking of lodestones people (laughs) yes if you if people out there selling lodestones they don't have to cost a gold and a half a piece my lord come on (laughs) cut me a break Gold yep. and a half? It's more... Yeah. I can buy four Ectos for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Just because they're so hard to get. Yes, they S-
0: are. Supply and demand. Uh, the final... metal's
1: all day and never get one. Sorry.
0: <laughs> it's okay. The final question in this interview that actually got me my mind working and really really kind of excited is they asked have you guys considered perhaps that not every dungeon needs to be based around killing bosses it could be fun to have a dungeon that's chock full of puzzles and I mean actual puzzles not mini laser hop puzzles something to the effect of Zelda dungeon puzzles (laughs) (laughs) and my mind took that and ran and I am giddy with the thought of what they could do with this, uh, Robert's response was what's wrong with mini laser hop puzzles. (laughs) (laughs) But he said, yes, I would love to do a dungeon that is just puzzles. It wasn't in the scope for the launch, but it is surely on his mind. So there is an opportunity there to do something really, truly unique
1: that, um, yeah. Well, I remember just personally speaking, um, Playing, speaking of Zelda this comes to mind uh, it was Zelda and the SNES what, which one was that link
0: to the past link
1: to the past yes
0: the there was best, a boss the best Zelda game in my opinion
1: there was a boss Stop. in there you'd get you got to her you you fought your way through this whole dungeon and it was hard and you got to this boss and she would follow you around and she'd just follow you around and follow you and she'd never attack you and you couldn't attack her and she'd just follow and follow and follow you like what the heck am I doing wrong? And you couldn't leave the dungeon. If you tried to leave the dungeon with her, she disappeared. Then you had to go all the way back through it again, which was painful to find that out the hard way, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And what you wound up having to do is there's this one place in the dungeon where there was a window, and through the window came the moonlight. And if you got her in the moonlight, then she morphed into her boss form, and you could fight her. Yep. that took forever to figure out i remember <laughs> calling the nintendo power hotline with a friend of mine to actually figure that out because we couldn't do it we we played to that dungeon we were sitting in there for like two hours trying to figure out how to get this chick to finally let us attack her i think i had the strategy guide so i read that right away and was like oh wow i'm glad i I'm kind of glad i have this book yeah uh, it was just I, I but that's a that's a puzzle aspect of it that you could see you know Unfortunately, mm-hmm. in the in the environment we live in today, with the internet and everything, it's tough to do a puzzle thing that does. I mean, you just go online and find the answer, but
0: yeah,
1: they can still do some creative things. You don't you don't want it to be some sort of frustrating type thing, though. That is the like a jumping puzzle that you know seventy five percent of the players can't get through because they're just yeah. not dexterity enough on their keyboards to do it.
0: Well, even not if that they kind did- of puzzle. Even if they did something where you came to a room and there were two jumping puzzles, and you sent you had to send at least one person in both directions to stand on switches at the end of them mm-hmm. to open the door and then the people had to go through the door and stand on a switch on the other side and have the other people come down from the jumping puzzles, yeah, and then something something to that effect or I, I remember playing um fantasy star online fantasy star fantasy star yeah on the Dreamcast. <laughs> there, there were times where you, you had a party of four, and you had to send, you had to actually split the party into two, and go around, and each had to hit different switches on complete down completely different tunnels, and stuff, and have someone go through a door or unlock a door that way, but they had to be hit at the same time, type thing. So I, I I'm big on that, like finding little things like that in a dungeon to progress would be really really cool.
1: Yep. But it, it's it's tough to find that balance because they, then they try to do something like they did in uh, COF Path three or two, I can remember which one was, where they had these chain of fire things that you had to run past, mm-hmm. and yeah. nobody would do it because you sat there and you died over and over and over and over, and it just became frustrating. And that's that's the fine line you walk with puzzles, yep. fun versus frustrating. Yet yep. you know, how do you make it hard enough to be challenging, but yet Easy enough. enough. People that are going to do, do it over and over and over again. They're not just going to do it once and then be like, "Well, okay, it was fun to do, but I'm never going to touch that again because that was so hard."
0: Yeah, exactly. And that—that's going to wind up. That's those are our highlights from that interview with Robert Hurda. Hirda.
1: Huda.
0: How you say his name? Uh, we have a couple Bob. other little. Bob. <laughs> the interview with Bob on Gilmore's Bob. Bob. Uh, that's fantastic. Moving on, we have a couple of other small news points we want to hit here. Uh, came out, it was early in the week, probably Monday or so, on the forum, Low, uh said, stated that world v. world ranks and abilities are character-based. Uh, he said the best way to think of this is a system of alternate or extended character progression. Oh, man. I didn't like that. As much as I don't like the the commander tags being character-bound, I don't like this either. It's going to make me
1: pigeonhole me into one character. I have three characters, and I love playing them all. Well, you can always progress all of them. You just got to play a lot more World v. World to do so. That's true.
0: Which ultimately is what they're trying to do, right? Yeah, which
1: ultimately what they're trying to do, is get you in World v. World. Um, So, yeah, I, I mean... Mm. Uh, I only play really one character in World v. World as I've said in previous casts I'm not happy with my Elementalist right now but um, I am working on my Thief and my Thief will eventually get up there and yeah, it'll stink if my Guardian has this nice high ranking and then I have to bring my Thief in and start all over again Yeah, exactly (laughs) (laughs) But then I'll play World v. World right now I'm not playing World v. World at all (laughs) So (laughs)
0: Uh, the next thing on the list was name changes. And this was a thread, actually, I got it pulled up here uh, six days ago, whatever that was. What's today? The 10th. So this was on the 4th, which was on Monday. Uh, Gail Gray, uh, uh, ArenaNet support liaison. That's her title, apparently. Uh, someone asked about name changes. When when would it be ready? And she replied, it is on the list, and I anticipate it will come very soon indeed. So, the response was, it's safe to assume that it would go live on one of the big monthly update patches, or is there something that could go live whenever it's ready? Is it something that could go live whenever it's ready? And she replied with, oh, I imagine it would be in one of the normal updates. And... (laughs) The response was, do I take this to mean that the March update will be coming very soon or is very soon possibly at the end of the month? Unless circumstances out of my control, push it to April or maybe later. Her last reply was, yeah, you just keep guessing. I'm I'm not at liberty to say any more at present. (laughs) So
1: (laughs) name changes. I like my character names. I don't want to change them.
0: I honestly, I do. I want to change some of mine. Really? Um, prime, well, all mine have the same first name, and okay. ironically, there are four other no. Oh three, yeah, three guild. other people in our guild that have variations <laughs> on this name, and it gets confusing as all get out. So, I'm going to rename my three mains. I believe I might go with a. All have the same last name type thing. Don't
1: know. Kara, Kira, name. Kyra. Kyra Ky- yeah. 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 All of us. <laughs> all yous who have the C's and the K's at the beginning of their name. Yeah, I, know, so. I, I guess that would be the only concern I have where I would almost use it is because by having different names on each character, uh, particularly in World v World and when we're in World v World groups, I think it's confusing who I am. Yeah. Whereas you, by, by going by one character name all the time, um. Yeah. Everybody just knows you as your character.
0: Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter which character I'm on; it's the same name. And I did that intentionally. So.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately,
0: be. use the name that people like.
1: Yeah, but I have, I'm to the point now where most people who know me in the guild know me as both names. So. Yeah, it'd be pointless to change at this point for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that'll cost yeah. me money. <laughs> I changed one of my uh, one of my characters to a Dude. So. Now, yeah. I I need more of an asexual name now. (laughs) One one that can go both directions. I suppose Kira is fairly. That's not bad. It's not bad. Could be worse. Mm -hmm. Uh So, possibly, if you want to change your name, might be coming soon.
1: Uh, They're never going to allow you to change race or gender. Nope. Well, they they allow you to change gender now, don't they? You just can't change race. You just can't change your race. They should allow you to change your race. That would be that'd be worthwhile, because I don't like some of the starting areas you know I don't want to but you don't have to play through the starting area. I guess you can always warp to another one yeah. but like I'm, I'm a human now, and all my characters are human, and maybe I want to change it up mean, I don't want to work all the way a new character up to 80, so maybe I want to be a big human and be a norm yeah,
0: and that's I made I made an, my engineers and a little assuring, and hmm. that's been fun. Their storyline's pretty cool. Uh, March oh wait oh yes here we go earlier in the week and I forget when this was posted because the only date attached to it is March 26 which turns out to be the release date of Flame and Frost The Raising the patch page went up like I said earlier in the week with these two paragraphs right here a hybrid army erupts through fiery portals in the Shiver Peaks a molten alliance between the Dredge and the Char Flame Legion has created a force powerful enough to massacre any who stand in their way. One settlement, one homestead at a time. They're wiping out all resistance. The Raising has begun. In Flame and Frost the Raising, you'll meet the Norn, Bram, Bram, Bram and Rox the Char. Two Tyrians who fervently believe in doing what's right, no matter the risk. Join Bram... And rocks in a desperate battle to defend their homelands from annihilation in the third installment of this four-part series. So things are ramping up,
1: and we are actually going to get to do something. (laughs) (laughs) You mean aside from just walking alongside injured, Uh, picking stuff off the ground, and bringing it to people at fires? Yeah. So, yeah, I think they they. Ain't knows they need to add some more excitement to the storyline because it's kind of getting stagnant right now. Yep. So uh, here's hoping that the living storyline gets uh, off. It, it may be living right now, but it, it's kind of in a coma. Yeah. Which is technically alive, but not very fun. So <laughs> let's pick it up a little bit here, Ain't.
0: Apparently, Rox Char. I heard this on Guildcast, Uh, according to Elizabeth Clare, is the sparring partner of Ritlock Brimstone. So, I don't know if there's going to be any storyline twists involving him, but it'll be fun to see. Okay. And that's all the information they have about it right now, just those two little paragraphs. It's still early. I'm sure tomorrow they'll dump a bunch of information on us. They like to do that on Mondays, which always makes me wish... Like I go, oh, and we recorded last night. And <laughs> but the nice thing is it always gets me to start working on the show notes. <laughs> yep, there you go. On our last little bit of news thing here stuff. If you live in the United States and observe daylight savings time, you may have noticed that your daily reset happened an hour later today. Yes. Nope. It did. It'll be that way until we turn it back, which I actually kinda like a little bit later.
1: Will uh, be that seconds. way till we turn it back, or was it just a hiccup today? Nope,
0: nope. It will be it's that way. It's just a US thing. Okay, it's just a US thing. Um, it runs um, the time. The clock in game is actually based upon
1: the universal clock, which does not change. Which does right? not change. Unlike so, us cool Americans who can't settle on a universal time. Uh, it's primarily to save money. Someone did a study way back in the day when they uh, yeah yeah. It's all about the money. Whenever they yeah. say it's not about the money, it's about the money.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mind. It actually means World v. World Reset will be at 7 p.m. instead of 6 p.m., which is easier for me to hit. So True. That'll be fun.
1: Hopefully it'll be a little less jammed up then by the time I actually get on, which is normally around 8 or 9 <laughs> <laughs> after the crew goes to bed. Yep. Of course.
0: Family men, we are. We gotta get mm-hmm. And usually only when I can hit the earlier times is when my kids are watching a movie. <laughs> Winding down, they're all ready for bed, they just watch a movie and they're just out. Let them when their movie's done, I go, go put them to bed. But enough about me. <laughs> That'll wrap up all our news this week, and of course that brings us to our top three. Our top three this week is skills. The top three skills in the game, and that's a fairly broad...
1: Topic. Yes, I don't know if we went at this the same way. How did you judge your three skills? Was it,
0: I. Well, you want me to go first? I'll go first. Sure. Know. Tell me what you judged yeah. on. Okay. My, my criteria for the top three skills in the game, and I really kind of went on effects of the skills.
1: And I'm noticing a theme here between how you and I chose cities and how we chose skills. <laughs> you tend to choose things for aesthetic value. I'm. I'm, I'm how they look. Yeah, I'm a lot. And I'm more of a functional kind of person. I, I like the shiny. <laughs> oh, some of this stuff. Some of this stuff is highly functional. Oh, it is. I'm just saying that generally, when we're when we're reviewing things here, I can tell already that through a couple of our lists that your top three tend to, to look more at how they appear on the screen. Mine are, are very straightforward and how how they work for me. Well, that works for us because that that gives... it gets contrasting opinions for our yes. listeners out there. And that's yeah, it's awesome.
0: <laughs> so I I did um, kind of the aesthetic and. For two of these, it's really about the history of the skills themselves too, because they were also in Guild Wars 1 and had the same names. So that, those of you that are familiar with Guild Wars 1 will already know. You already narrowing down your lists. Um, the first one, and I think this is one of the very first skills I saw. Actually, no. What was the first class that they revealed? The Elementalist? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so that'll be the number one. But, um, My skill at number three is barrage. I was a ranger main in Guild Wars 1. Loved barrage doing splinter barrage builds or uh, monk ranger um, healing barrage builds. It's something that always kind of stuck with me. And for for the longest time prior to all the classes being announced, I was going to be a ranger. And that was prior to, let's see, Guardian. That was
1: prior to the beta yeah. Once you got third. to the beta, then you started playing the different classes, and I think it wasn't until the third beta where you finally settled on Thief being your your main to start. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, it was it was the last beta weekend, actually. And I don't was it a beta? Yeah, it was a beta weekend, and then I got to play it a couple more times in the in the quick hit tests they had, the stress tests. Mm-hmm. Um, but Barrage is just such a. The, the history of it in Guild Wars 1 and then what it does. I mean, in Guild Wars 2 they really kind of amped it up, just shooting the arrows into the air and having the big AOE circles. Um, when you get two or three rangers
1: doing this, it's fantastic fun. Mobile arrow cart. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Uh, annoying in World v. World. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you roll, you roll up on the keep and there's a group of rangers standing on top and they just start raining down arrows on you and you, you can't like an arrow cart, you can focus fire down, but you can't do squat against the rangers that are standing up there moving around. You're yeah. just like, oh, heck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my next skill uh,
0: would be the one that, when I first cast it in the game, gave me goosebumps. <laughs> I saw it, and I went, I didn't even know what it did. I went, that is freaking amazing. And that is Chaos Storm, the number five skill on the staff for the Mesmer just the just dropping a cloud of lightning on your enemies <laughs> is so cool and so chaotic and fun and and the skill itself is just gorgeous i mean if you crank up if your computer can handle it and you got your graphics cranked up it is it literally is a chaos storm and it's fantastic ah love it and then yeah the first one of the very first skills I saw for Guild Wars 2, and I went, "Oh, yeah!" It makes it makes that gap between Guild Wars 1 and Guild Wars 2 make sense in my head, and that's kind of why I went with barrage as well. There is really a um, it's a link between the two games, and that is meteor shower for the elementalists. Um, I had elementalist in Guild Wars 1, didn't play her nearly as much but I remember in the beta weekends for guild wars one playing an elementalist and dropping meteor shower all the time. And it's really neat to see that that one really hasn't changed that much. And it's very iconic of both the elementalist and guild wars in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And as you, um, you said it, and I, I think Obi said it too about the Elementalist, when you play that in World v. World you can take an entire zerg and watch them move across your screen based on where you cast that spell Yes. Uh, when you start raining fire down you just watch the whole zerg that you can, you can control the entire movement of, of that large group of people mm-hmm. So it's kind of neat to cast and then just watch the effects <laughs> Yep.
0: A, a lot of this stuff does that. I mean, all three of them I used are AoE skills and I, this is kind of fun because I had a, uh, we have a mutual friend that when we used to play Magic the Gathering a lot, and he always noticed about me. He goes, "You like the big stuff, not not <laughs> nece- not necessarily the big creatures, but you like the big explosions. You like the Wrath of God. You like the board sweeping effects. You like the the counter spells, the things that are like absolute and game changing. And that's kind of really like these big AoEs, like you said, moving the Zerg around." I I've done it with barrage. I've done it on my um on my warrior with the F1 skill for the uh,
1: longbow. It's, it's fun to do. Yeah. You also like the blue mage, which is why the Mesmer speaks to you too. Yes. yes. Mesmer's <laughs> fun. Just messing with people's heads. All right. Well I'll go through mine real quick. Mine are more um, function over look. Um actually in my first my first one here. Speaks to that perfectly, which is Shadow Refuge yeah. for the Thief. There is no look to it. There's nothing. Well, actually, there's the, yeah. the little house. The little house. <laughs> there's a little house that you see, yeah. Um, as far as utility goes, a great skill. Uh, a group stealth, and it heals allies that get under it. I mean, in World v. World, you couldn't ask for a better skill. Um, beneficial in so many ways. And even when you're solo playing, it gives you a way to get out of combat. And for Thieves, when you stealth... You get a lot. A lot of your skills can benefit that. You get additional initiative points. Um, can wash off conditions. Uh, very, very useful skill. Um, my second one, and this one actually, I, l- I like the animation for too. This one's yes. as much aesthetic as it is uh, function. Is the Phoenix skill from the Elementalist? And I had named my Elementalist Phoenix before I even knew the skill existed, which was kind of funny, but. Uh, <laughs> I do love this skill, That you, you cast the bird out, the bird looks fiery, um, you hit the enemy on its way to it, When the bird hits where you targeted it, it blows up, so you get a second attack, it comes back to you, giving you a third attack on the enemy, and when it gets back to you, it removes the condition and gives you vigor. I mean, you can't ask for more than that out of one skill. Yeah. It can be a little tricky to hit, because it, you know, it has to fly out and fly back and If you're facing the wrong way, you miss it. Um, But you still get the condition removal and the vigor from it, even if you miss the enemy. But uh, an extremely useful skill there, too, that gives you plenty of power and some boons to boot. And my number one skill is just one that I I enjoy so much because I've been using it with my guardian. (laughs) And it's so
0: useful with with friends around as well.
1: Yes, this is is the greatest group skill I, I have. And it's the blinding blade and pull it's the five ability on the greatsword for guardians uh the blinding blade can hit up the five targets it does a dot puts a dot on them and then also when you if you hit the five ability again then it pulls them all to the guardian and in world v world uh there's no better thing to do than to take a beefy guardian like i've built pull five enemies to you and then watch your friend thieves just jump all around you and kill everything <laughs> i I don't do much damage i admit that but i make everything one big clump and the rest of my group just takes it out
0: well that's me and you when i was playing you'd use that and i was using my condition thief and you'd do that i'd drop my caltrops on them all and stack bleeds on them with um death blossom and it was they'd all fallen like flies
1: yeah, taking over su- supply camps with with this ability and have just having one or two people with you is all you need because you can lump them all together and just blow your biggest abilities you know exactly where they're going to be. They all stand in one place. And when you pull them to you, it actually stuns them for a little bit. As long as you as long as as a guardian you build kind of a tanky guardian because you're going to take some damage before those guys go down, but um most guardians can t- can uh, withstand a beating, so it works out very very nice. Uh, yeah. I just enjoy it so much. I enjoy having just pulling everything to me and then watching it all die. It's all about the pull, right? It's all about the pull. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: what's your top three? You have a top three skills in the game that you really like? Uh, Email us at burninglocks at gmail.com or tweet us at burninglocks. That's going to wrap up the show for tonight. Uh, I've been your host, JC. That man has been Rick. Still him. (laughs) Until next time. Adiós. written by Jeremy Soul and remixed by Plasma 3 Music. No copyright infringement is intended.